You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hog Liberty Podcast. This is episode number 82, version 2.0 of Essentially Nana's Favorite Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill, and as always, I'm joined by co-host Dakota Davis, and on the other side of the room, co-host Chase Payton. What's happening, hot stuff? I got no words. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just holding on, hoping, the, uh, hoping, hoping everything works today. Today's episode is going to be featuring a candidate, Mr. Tom Firkenhoff. Uh, he is the candidate for... District 6, United States Congress in the state of Indiana. Uh, you are facing Janine Lee Lake, who said that you're her favorite libertarian of all time. How could I not be? Yeah. I, I'm very offended by it, Tom. Yeah, she said it sitting she right said, here in front of She said of it right to right my face, and I looked yeah. at her and went, oh, my God. And I, she listens to the show. She knows who I am. It's not like it was a surprise. Yeah, and uh, you are also facing Mr. Greg Pence, the vice president's older brother. Ooh. Much older brother. Yeah. All right. All right. That's so it. <laughs> this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. And as always, we promise that our episodes are going to be fun and an easy listen. Uh, the the we'll, we'll pull the curtain back for you real quick. We did all of this one time a minute ago, and yep. uh, the Wi-Fi just disappeared, and we tap danced around. I thought the battery died on the uh, on our Mevo camera, and I thought, ah, it's really important to our candidates. We have a, a candidate series that we're trying to give everybody equal time and equal preparation. And then Tom comes in, and everything goes wrong at once. Uh, so we apologize to Tom, but we're going to make the best of the show. Uh, well, so we it, started over. It kind of started like we had the Libertarian Party of Henry County had an, had an open house for the headquarters. We and, share space. They have yeah. the front half. We have the back half. And uh, so we used our recording equipment to live stream that video. So everything was broken down, and I totally forgot it was all broken down until I got here at 6.30, and it was like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to catch up. Well, this is another sponsored episode. The entire can- uh, the entire candidate series is sponsored uh, today. It's by the Slick Pickle on Main Street in Newcastle. They are the latest and greatest in entertainment in uh, Henry County. They are a party entertainment system, Chase. I love parties. Or a party entertainment service. I love pickles. I love buses and booze. So 1702 <laughs> South Main Street, the Slick Pickle says they're taking a ride in style. They're taking reservations now. It's a big old party bus. You've seen it parked in front of the Babe Ruth Diamond. I have. And, I tried uh, to hit it one time. I didn't <laughs> do it. So they offer uh, they offer bachelor parties, weddings, just you want to do a booze cruise if you want to go voting or whatever you can you can I you can think, rent this thing. I think we should rent it when Danny gets married because he's the next one. Aren't you next? No. <laughs> you have any announcements? Uh, not yet. Not yet. All right. So you can get the uh, you can get the slick pickle for four hours for four hundred and fifty dollars, or you can get up to an eight hour max trip. Uh, if you want to call them up, check them out. You can give them a call. It's at seven six five three two five five eight six seven. The Slick Pickle, Newcastle, Indiana, 1701 South Main Street. Of course, they're a mobile service, so you really don't care where the bus is parked. They just pick you up where you're at, and you go for a ride. Pretty yeah. awesome. Pretty sweet. Right. What do you got for us, Dakota? 
Oh, I don't have a whole lot. Um, but I do, of course, want to thank everyone who supports us on Patreon. Uh, that is the that is the monthly service where your contribution, um, you get billed monthly, money comes to us, and we use it to pay the rent and the electric bill. And the Wi-Fi and bill. And the Wi-Fi bill that cuts out sometimes. <laughs> all, all these bills, the people who support us on Patreon are, are the ones that are paying for our space and paying for a place where we can put on this show, um, can have a this nice backdrop and uh, keep upgrading equipment. So if you want to support us, if you want to get in on that, then you can go to patreon.com slash boss hog of Liberty. And also we do have an Amazon wish list. Um, if you want to get us a piece of equipment, like I'm wearing the Craig DaCosta headphones, then you can go to amazon.com and search boss hog. Of Liberty I'd and also we have a profile. like a sweatshirt. <laughs> you wanna, are you cold and cold out there? Do we need to turn the heat up for you? Greg, man, you're my man. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I think maybe we need to add a new router to our list, a, a Google a new, Wi-Fi router. A go- yeah, they're like a hundred bucks, couple hundred bucks. Man, they're rock solid. Um, if the uh, Google people yeah. want us to test one out, I have a round table on there. I need to take it off because I have decided that I'm going to make one because the other one just has horrible reviews. I think uh, I think our friends down at Spiceland Wood Products maybe they'll help us out. I think they can too. We'll have to see. All, All right. right. So, Let's get to the gotcha questions. So Tom Firkinoff is here. Are you uh are you are you gonna are you gonna win this race? And if you do, are you gonna go ahead and put an office in Newcastle or where's your congressional office gonna be? Um I guess I really haven't <laughs> thought about where the congressional <laughs> office is gonna be, but I, I guess we want to talk the, about favors right. and kickbacks. Yeah. That's the way Congress works, so we're gonna we get go. into it immediately. Yeah. I mean we'll we'll have one on the north end of the district, one on the south end of the district, and um Newcastle would seem a logical location since it's close to Muncie, close to Richmond. I like that. Um, I like that. Yeah, right. accessible um, to a lot of people within the district. And maybe the population we can, centers up here. Uh, the upstairs of this building is vacant right now, but it has the same landlord, so yep. that we can have this all split three ways. We're pretty good neighbors. <laughs> We're barely here. <laughs> yeah. So, Tom, tell us about yourself. Introduce if people if people say who is Tom Firkinoff and what who's his name on my ballot. How do, what do they what do they need to know about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm a certified public accountant. I've worked in the tax industry for over 30 years. I uh, also currently work as a chief financial officer for several large manufacturing firms in Cincinnati on a contract basis. So got a lot of experience with the tax code, a lot of experience with helping struggling businesses to turn things around. Um, you know, on a personal level, we've raised three daughters and now have two one-year-old grandsons. Um, lived in the 6th District all my life. We have been very involved in the Richmond community. Um, we lived outside of Richmond over by Williamsburg, and we've Worked as youth ministers, as um, several other nonprofit entities, and a few government boards. Um, so I'm a little bit familiar with how. So some you're government you're a government insider, is what you're telling us? I, I I'd say not enough to be an insider, <laughs> but it's, uh, th- this is my first time running for elected office. Um, so this has been a new experience for me as we've been getting out and meeting people and trying to learn the ropes here. So so what was your you, you started this early on? You've not just been running for office for a couple of weeks. You started very early and you were running in the Republican primary. Uh, yes. And then you tell us about the journey to get from <clears throat> the hey I want to run for Congress to to here we are three weeks before the election. Yeah, and, and I and I first felt the urge when. My wife and I, we were watching Barack Obama's farewell speech, and he made the comment, if you don't like what's going on in Washington, run for office. And I felt something inside of me like I'd only felt in a church service before. And when the speech was finished, and I looked at my wife and said, well, should I take his advice? And I knew she'd felt the same thing when she said, you mean run for office? And 
I said, yeah. And she said, well, as long as you put on some pants. Then, uh, so, Do you normally watch the uh, president's speeches uh, in your boxer shorts? It's the only way. It's the only way. It's the only way to watch the president. That way, that way you don't um, find yourself but, running outside into the streets and making a fool of yourself. You do it without pants on. Maybe you'll stay inside. Yeah. So we, you know, so we'd had it, the consideration ever since then. And when the, and basically in, actually in the weeks after that, a couple of people had asked me if I'd ever considered running for office. And I thought, well, in over 50 years, nobody had ever asked me that question. So we're going to say it's not a coincidence that all of a sudden people are asking me that question. And so we started to research how to take on this journey and tried to contact the Republican party in Richmond and their website was bad. Their um, email addresses were all bad. Their phone number didn't work. The address they had listed, they're no longer at. So we just went ahead and filed for the primary and found out since I hadn't voted in the primary for 10 years due to different reasons and hadn't voted Republican the last time that they didn't want me running as a Republican. They were trying to clear the deck yeah. for some guy. They, they, they were trying to clear the deck for some guy. That, was, that, that part was pretty obvious as the way that some things had happened in the primary, but. So but, you, but anyway, I, I, I think that was for the best because I think the Libertarian Party more aligns with my beliefs, and I think this is where I was meant to be. So it, once you got the Libertarian nomination back in the spring, yes, and you've uh, you've become a, uh, a, a true cheerleader. You've embraced the Libertarian Party. You became the Wayne County chairman, and now you've been attending events and traveling the 6th District. I, you've put on about enough miles to drive from Richmond to the moon and back in, in your cars. <laughs> we've, we've, yeah, we've, in, in multiple cars, we've been to a lot of different places around the district. And um, my old convertible enjoyed getting driven again this summer and getting you, some miles put you on have it. A, do you have a tally of the number of miles that you've put on it? I have no idea. It's, is, it, is, it, <laughs> is it hundreds or thousands? <laughs> it, oh, it, 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 it's thousands, yes. Yeah, it has to be thousands. It's, it's, it's thousands. Anytime you go down to Madison and back, it's yeah. a, I mean, it, it, that's a three-and-a-half-hour journey. thousand uh, miles, easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a thousand miles from nowhere. Dwight Yoakam. Um, yeah. So whenever you're, whenever you're out here doing the parades, going to the fairs, what uh, what is uh, your kind of your opening hook to voters? What's the number one thing you're saying? Yeah, I mean the I say the, the the opening hook just to start the conversation, just asking if they're going to vote this fall. But the the thing that really seems to resonate with people is when we start talking about the party and that we'll go out and work for the people and not for the party. Uh, when we when we start to talk about that and people are, I mean, I know. Most people have no idea just how much pressure there is on our presentatives once they get to Washington to toe the party line and all the hooks they put into them once they get there. But people are starting to see the partisanship, and they're starting to get tired of it. We talked last week a little bit with Janine about the Swamp Series. Have you seen the Swamp Series on Facebook with, with uh, Thomas Massey and, 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 uh, and Yoho oh, down, in, uh, down in Florida? Yeah, I, I, I've seen some of their like dirty money and backroom deals yeah. series yeah. and – yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. It it yeah. is really eye opening whenever you see that and you see how much um, legal corruption, I guess, would be the correct you're, name for yeah. it. You've been assigned yeah, to the Ways exactly. and Means Committee, so you're responsible right. for raising two million dollars, or else we're going to move you to a committee that we just don't think is worth as much. Yeah, yeah. And if you're on a minor committee and you don't toe the line, we'll just dissolve your committee and start a new one. Yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah, yeah. So you're if you're able to be successful. Uh, Mike Boyles, by the way, says it's 100 miles to Madison, two hours by car, and six hours by bicycle. <laughs> it's the round trip I was adding up, Mike. Uh, it's uh, so it's 200 mile trip on the car. You got to calculate it from Williamsburg, though, not from Newcastle. Tom's Tom's a Williamsburg guy. One six of the William, mi- six is, hours by bicycle. Is it a Williams Williamsburg boys? Is that what the song was? The Williamsburg boys. 
I'm not familiar with You're that probably one. not familiar with the old country music songs. This, that was the... Uh, somebody will know. 26 Cents uh, was another song by this group. Uh, the Wilkinsons. Okay, Dakota. we're going to move Wilkinsons. on. Dakota, how okay. fast do you think you go. could run to Madison? Uh, it'd probably take me about 10 hours. For a million dollars. If it's taken for a million dollars? What time do I have to break? 10 hours. I think, could do it. Think so? You can run yeah. 100 mi- miles in 10 hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I man. Uh, we need to buy an insurance policy and see what happens. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, I'll go for it. Tom, no, Tom gonna... can we find a way to finance yeah. that? Uh, we, we start a um, GoFundMe to. That feels like that feels like one of those. Um, you know, car dealerships have the. You know, if, if somebody gets a bracket perfectly yeah. or something, and they they give away a car, that's the kind of thing you buy a big a bigger insurance policy. I always for. give we my going... email out to those. We've people. gotten way off track. Yeah. All right, Tom. Uh, so. You have been posting on your Facebook page about different endorsements that you get. Um, what is a, what is one that really makes you proud to have gotten? Of, of different endorsements. Yeah. I'm trying to think of any endorsements I've posted on my Facebook page. But the, you've posted a lot um, about people uh, who have like – Oh, the, okay. The, the, you know, the, as far as different people. Personal endorsements. Um, the for, stories yeah, and people. Personal endorsements and stories and people. Um, I've, I've had some quirky ones that are very memorable. <laughs> um, at the at, at the Wayne County Fair, we had a conversation with the only dues-paying member of the Indiana Communist Party. Nice, and, and, and he paid it himself. And yeah, and he paid it himself. And and at the end of the conversation, he said he, he said, "Well, I probably disagree with you less than Republicans and Democrats, so I guess I'll vote for you." So that was a ringing endorsement. Huh. Um, that is, yeah. that was a that, that that was an interesting county fair because we had a tent out on the road on that one, and we were on one side of the road, and they had an evangelist on the other side. And so you literally see people come. Of course, they just want to get from the rides to the corn dogs, and they're coming down the road and they're looking. Okay, politician, evangelist, and their eyes are darting. <laughs> is there a side exit to get out of here? Oh no, there's no way out. <laughs> it's like no, you got to talk to one of us quickly. So, somebody find me a uh, used car salesman. Do you remember the name yeah. of the communist? I, I do not remember. Is it his name. Mark Brim? Dakota Davis. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I can verify it was not Mark Brim. It was, it was Leiden <laughs> Faust. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I but all right. You have yeah. had uh you've had some issues though. You and Janine both. We talked a little bit with her about um one of your Republican opponent, Mr. Greg Pence, um, and trying to get him to debate. Um That's not gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> so have you have you tried personally reaching out to the Pence campaign? Yeah, you know, I've I've had some conversations with Greg at county fairs and at um at parades, but the um I've you know, I've seen his campaign dodged in the debate, so we've not even made that effort to do that uh, um, I mean we've said we're going to spend our efforts trying to I think we've got enough positive things we can promote about our own campaign and I'm you know I'm sure he's got campaign advisors that are giving him advice that you're the front runner it's a very Republican district but as long as you don't do anything to screw up I'm sure the party's convinced they're going to win the seat that way and that worked for him in the primary it worked in the primary and, and, we'll and his, his, works in the general his brother kind of did a little bit of that when he ran for governor so it's a very yep. similar strategy uh, the Muncie paper, the Gannett paper, which then wound up picking it up in the Indianapolis, Indianapolis Star, had a big story this yeah. week. Yeah, they, uh, they, they did contact me about that issue. And talking about how he's kind of run this submarine or this yeah. underwater campaign. Yeah. Do no submarine harm. campaign. Submarine uh, strategy. Yeah. And and they you know, said, I mean, voters have said in the past they're tired of negative campaigns, but they still elect the people who run negative campaigns. Voters say they want people to engage them, so we'll see if they still vote for somebody who hasn't engaged them. You've taken some objection to the uh, to the negative ads in the Senate race that have been on TV. I think every 
Indiana residents taking objecting to the negative hats <laughs> that I raised. Yes, and we all have. We've <laughs> all been personally victimized. They're so <laughs> annoying. It's not even just TV. You can't escape it because if you have YouTube, it shows up. It's the first yeah. thing that comes up. And that's why we love Lucy, right? I love Lucy. Exactly. Okay, so let's uh, let's get into your platform a little bit here. So whenever I go to firkinoff 2018com and I start pulling up your issues page, uh, first thing that pops up is entitlement programs, right? That's um, right. And I I like that personally because uh, I certainly haven't heard a candidate really talking about it or put, putting a lot of things online about it in quite some time unless they're being extremely negative like our like our friends in the Republican Party tend to do. But uh, yours isn't like that. You're, you have a very sensible approach, so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. You know, entitlement programs, people talk about we should have a safety net. And the problem with a safety net is people can wind up using it like a hammock and just laying there and relaxing in it for way too long. I mean, our entitlement programs should work like a springboard where there are people help people bounce back from a bad situation. And I've, I've just seen so many times how families get trapped in this cycle of poverty and relying on this. I mean, I had a conversation with a assistant superintendent a few years ago at a rural school in the district, and she was telling me that the number one issue they have is just getting kids to care about their education. And said, time after time, we'll talk to kids, and, and they'll say, well, why do I need this education? They said, well, to get a job. Why do I need to get a job? Well, to get a paycheck. Well, my parents have never had a job, and they get a paycheck every month, so why do you know? And it's, it's like it doesn't even register with these kids that, gee, there's a different life out there than living on the government dole. Yeah. And, and in, the programs just need to be redesigned where, you know, whether it's a two-year window and you get four full months of benefits and then you lose 5% a month until they've run out or something there. And, you know, we've had instances where, you know, we've had a business and promoted somebody to assistant manager. And after two weeks, they quit and say, well, I went, I'm going to work part-time in a daycare for minimum wage because we just realized that I wasn't getting ahead because I lose so many government benefits by taking a better job. And it's like the system just shouldn't work that way. Yeah, that's well, that is not the way that that's not the way that our, I guess, entitlement programs should be or our safety net. It, it should, like you said, it, uh, Indiana, Indiana does some good things to try to get that to, to try to keep that from happening so, with going through job training, job counseling. Um, you're required to apply for a certain amount of jobs every month. Um and you even are assigned. See, whenever I was an electrician, yeah. um, I when you go to the unemployment offices, even as an electrician, I'm like I, I am I belong to the union. I I'm just here because I'm unemployed right now, and I've been my employer's been paying into this type of unemployment insurance upon for my behalf. I still had to <laughs> try tell my personal employment counselor. Uh, what I wanted to do, what my goals were, and give them a resume. I'm not looking for a job. <laughs> right. You're just you're just literally in between, right? But right. still, at the, yeah. yeah. At the same time, though, I you take a step back from that, and you're like, oh, well, this is why they do it this way, and they're they're trying to keep people who just want to to stay on and stay on unemployment off of it. So I think that I think that with your idea, they're. Um, what you're kind of getting to is that there, there needs to be, um, but less leeway 
in in the administration staff of the people who are working in the offices, right? Correct. And the and you know, and it's like if you're on government welfare, you should have a plan to get off of it. And and there should be you know it's like what's your plan? You know, I mean, what kind of training you're going to go for? What and especially in today's day and age when there's more jobs than there are people looking for work. So right. in, once again, your reform on this would be two years of unlimited, and then it starts graduating down unless you have a disability of some sort. I assume. Right. I mean, we're, we're talking about able-bodied people. Right. And, and like I said, whether that whether that two years is the right time period or not, you know, that's something we can get in the room with other smart people and people who are experienced in the industry and get good information on and and craft something. I mean, like people always want to say, well, what's the plan? Well. You know, part of it is just electing people who have the ability to go through data once you get really good information. And you know, once you, you have talk a, to people you have who have been on both sides. Staff, right? Yeah, once you have a congressional staff. <clears throat> and, you know, and you have to get input from people who have worked in the system and people who have been on the system. Tom's got to take – Tom has his own water. I don't know if – I've seen Tom show up at a number of events. He was the only candidate that came Monday night in Knightstown to the women's uh, – the BPW, uh, yeah. business, women, uh, business Professional Women of Knightstown is what it was. Um and, and Tom's water says, is it time for a change for Kanaf for Congress? Something like that. Yeah. Or thirsty. 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 Pretty for cool. Yeah. Thirsty for thirsty. change. Well, I can, I'm yeah. just making it up from this side. I, I, I can it. see uh. are a change is all mm-hmm. I can read. From it sounds like it tastes better than Dasani. Yeah. Yeah, well, Dasani is yeah. toilet water, so it's not that <laughs> and, hard. Uh, and <laughs> spring water. Spring water is the best water. Yeah, we, so, we, we handed out thousands of these at parades <laughs> and fairs this summer. So that's, he saved lives. Yeah, thousands yeah. of those. Yeah. So here's, those things get hot. Here's a question, Tom. The uh, the Trump train has been coming through, and they've been they've been doing stuff. They uh, they made a massive change in taxes this year. So do you consider the tax code to be fixed, and we don't have to worry about it anymore? Are, um, we, are, are we good to go? The, the, there have been some improvements on the tax code. Um, I do like. That's what they've done at the corporate rate of getting the corporate rate in line with the rest of the world. I mean, there's there's an awful lot of ways that we've hum, hamstrung our businesses on an international field, and getting the corporate tax laws in line with the rest of the world has been a big improvement. Um, you know, on the personal side, I, I think there's still a long way to go on that. I mean, the, one of the biggest things I've seen over the years with the tax code is a the amount of fraud it opens itself up to, and not just from taxpayers, but also from tax preparers who run schemes, um, some of these even out-of-the-country boiler rooms. I mean, a lot of the stolen identities, we'll have people every year, we file their tax return, and the return rejects because their identity's been stolen. Somebody has already filed it and claimed their refund. Right, claimed their refund, or you know, they use them as a for claiming different credits and false tax returns. I mean, there's only billions of dollars that goes out in this, and I'm sure we spend billions of dollars trying to safeguard against that. Yeah, and, so... Uh, on your on your website, you said we need to put a two year sunset on the entire tax code. Yeah, and and what I th- what I say when I say that is, I think a lot of times we try to change the tax laws too quickly. It's like all of a sudden, and sometimes they even do it retroactively. It's like we're supposed to try to plan with businesses when in October they say we're changing the rules back to January one, and some of these things are supposed to include incentives. Well, how do we know we were supposed to be buying this stuff and we didn't know the incentive was there for the last ten months? Right. But 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 we just need to let let business know and let planners know that, okay, you've got two years under the system, and after that, we're going to a whole new system so people have time to plan the just. So your personal background is on the corporate side or the, the, the personal side, or is it a little of everything? It, it's a little of everything. You're a CPA in a, in yes. a medium-sized community, so you're, you're a jack-of-all-trades. You're right. not just yeah. a corporate accountant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I worked for a regional accounting firm for several years down in Richmond. I 
for 20 years, have my own firm in Randolph County with two offices and 2,000 individual tax clients that were, you know, from the laborer and the factory to farmers and business owners and and like I said, the people we work with in Cincinnati are multi-million-dollar manufacturing companies. So we've got you know a wide range of experience. So your your view on taxes? Um, you know, for those of you that don't know, whenever a whenever a new candidate runs uh, went, approaches us at the Libertarian Party and they want to run for office, we we did a little vetting process yeah. with you, like we, me, Jeremiah, and uh, and Paul, who's Jeremiah's dad, and also the. Uh, Rush County Libertarian Party chairman, but we we set up set up a meeting with you, uh, set up a meeting with you. There you go. Good <laughs> word choice. There we go. Uh, You're a professional broadcaster now. Got some mush mouth going on, but it's okay. Um, but we set up a meeting with you and gave you a list of questions, asked for your views and things to make sure that you're a quality candidate and you're someone who represents our values and our principles well before we before we vote on you at convention. Um, so. Whenever we did that, we sat you down and we asked you about taxes. Do you know the libertarian view on an income tax and things? And you you said that um, the the current tax code is not used to raise revenue, but is instead used to manipulate people's lives. And I've thought about that for uh, ever since I'm ever since we met because I think it's a pretty powerful statement, and I totally agree with it. But I just wanted you to elaborate on that a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you know, and I think, I think when a government entity looks at taxes, they should look at okay, what are our expenses? What do we need to raise to cover the bills? I mean, you know, when a local, um, a state looks at sales taxes, they're looking okay, what rate do we have to charge? When the local government looks at property taxes, you know, what whatever their revenue mechanism is, they just look at okay, what do we have to do to raise X amount of dollars? But with the income tax code, it's, well, we'll give you a credit if you do this behavior. We'll punish you if you do this behavior. And so it's all it's more designed to control human behavior and incentivize other things rather than just to raise the revenue. We're going to reward you if you get married or if you install thermal windows. But if you decide you're going to, I don't know, pollute or something, we're going to we're going to kick you kick you in the teeth. Yeah. And, you know, it's like I've had I've had many clients in the past that lived together for decades, raising a family. They called each other husband and wife, but never got married because they both made $25,000. So by not being married, they could get $5,000 of earned income credit. And as far as they were concerned, the federal government was paying them $5,000 a year to not get married. Yep. Now what happens, what happens when the government says, well, you need to have insurance or, or, or you get, you get this weird thing where employers cover insurance. And now the couple wants to have insurance. The government says you have to have insurance, and they've been living together all this time, but they're not actually married, married because they don't have common law. You end up with this un, unintended consequence that the government is somehow complicit in, right? Yeah, I mean, and there's there's always unintended consequences to any law, and um, but but yeah, the, the there's there's pluses and cons, and the and, and the government's complicit in a lot of things, right? <laughs> right. But I guess if they, you know, if, would you support? Have you looked at the fair tax? Is that as you know a sales tax instead of having these corporate income taxes and personal income taxes? I mean, the the, the sales tax would be fine if we're going to have a personal income tax. I think it needs to just be a flat tax on everyone. Um, and same for one thing, just to get rid of all the fraud. I mean, if if people need these benefits that are being administered through the tax code, we can administer those through family services, and you know, I mean the. And, the t- and tax repairs shouldn't be working as social workers. We should have social workers doing social workers' jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I totally agree with that. You're, 
So, Tom, you're kind of on the same uh, playing field as I am as being a constitutional libertarian um, and kind of saying this is what – this is the power that we give the government, and this is what it should stick to, right? Exactly. So yeah. the uh, our constitution does give Congress the ability to collect taxes on the citizenry. Um, because of that evil 16th amendment. Yeah. If right. we get rid of that, we can, we can get back to freedom, Chase. We, we can get, yeah, absolutely we can. We can get back there. But here's the thing though. Uh, we've had, we've had taxes since the founding and it was on goods and other things that the people paid for. So right. you take your money and then you know that whenever you pay for something, you're going to be paying a sales tax. Um, however, we also know that, uh, the government does things that, that that there has to be done, right? We know that there are services that the government provides that we that we do need, and I personally believe that it, the reason that it's so messed up is, like you said, it, all the corruption that that gets done with our tax dollars. And if we we were funding these things directly and paying taxes to um, more localities than they can instead of the federal or state government, then we can get we can get those resources where we are paying for it and we need it. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, and I don't see ever getting rid of the federal income tax just because, like, say, once something's out there, it's hard to go back. A guy can dream. Um, yes, you, you, you can always dream. I've, I've said something similar in my race, where you know we never we never seem to repeal local taxes either. Right, yeah. uh, so once we once we go ahead and put an income tax in or a property tax or whatever it is, you don't get it back. They never look to see how they can no. cut taxes. It's just well, no. we can grow this one a little bit next time. Yeah, yeah. we can. We're going we to put in this temporary stadium tax, and once the stadium is paid for, then that tax is going to go away. It'll be time and, uh, to replace yeah, that next stadium. <laughs> the citizenry is a wet rag, and the government has been wringing it for a long time. And every once in a while, they try to squeeze a little bit more out of it to see how much more dry they can get us. So uh, on the tax side, you're okay with the income tax in some way, since, you know, it's it's been constitutional for a hundred years now, whatever, 105 years. Uh, but we used to fund uh, 19, the government 12. in 1912, 1913, whatever. Yeah. Uh, 13 plus. I think it was passed five, in 1912. A couple years ago. Anyway. Anyway. We used to fund the country with tariffs, and tariffs this year have become a massive issue, especially in your race. I've been hearing about it. I'm sure you have as you've visited all these county fairs. You've been hanging out in the ag community, mm -hmm. uh, and we've seen steel and aluminum tariffs, which then has led to this counterpunch to the ag community. So are you supportive right. or sympathetic to the tariffs that were put in place by the president, or what do you see as the future? I mean, I understand what the president's trying to do there. Um, I hope he's just using it as a negotiating tool and he's going to get something done. These tariffs are going to go away. They truly will be temporary. But I, I've seen more of an impact from the steel side of things and what that's doing to some of the manufacturers and the, um, you know, the immediate increase to their cost has been – like I'm saying it's really you – know, it, like I said, it has been a one-two punch in our, in in our, our community. community yeah. of the, uh, you know, I mean lower farm prices – the farmers I've talked to, I've been impressed with most of their attitudes, and most of them are not real stressed out about it yet. Uh, but I also know that you know most of them locked in their pricing well before the tariffs went into effect. So next, year, next year is the year yeah, they're so really like going to the, feel it. Their, their crops they grew in 2018. Most of them aren't going to sell them until 2019. And I know they've they've got really good yields, so and they don't lock in price on everything because they don't want to be committed to deliver more than that they can because that costs them money to go buy the grain. <laughs> To deliver so but they've locked in enough to make a profit when they sell it in 19 they'll make a profit now what they raise in 2019 
if the tariffs are still in and prices are still low, they just won't pre-contract it. By by so, then, what you can do is you can have uh, legalized uh, hemp. You and Lucy can have legalized uh, hemp, and we, yeah, and we can have a hemp crop, and we don't have crop. to. Yeah, because yeah. that w- this is an issue we've we've talked about it a couple of times on the show. But basically, the state of Indiana can't do it or won't do it uh, because the federal government's in the way. So if right. the federal government says, "Ah, we're not going to regulate this anymore," then that opens the green right. light to that. Yeah, we, we've yeah. heard that from uh, members of the Indiana state legislature, from <laughs> state senators and um, state representatives that. The reason that we're holding off is because it's the federal government doesn't allow it, right? Yeah, so we, we heard the same yeah. thing today. So they voted like 15 to nothing in a committee at the Indiana General Assembly today, a summer study committee. We talk about those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they had a summer study committee today that Jim Lucas had brought forward on medical marijuana. I didn't realize that was a today. And that was today, and it passed 15 nothing out of there, which was a positive step for this product. Uh, but the governor said, well, I wouldn't support it because it's not legal federally. So yeah. now, now the governor is totally impotent in in right. this case. It doesn't. He can veto it, and the same fifty-one votes that pass out of the house makes it law again. But when you have somebody saying, "Hey, I don't want to pass it because the federal government says it's not okay," then they're taking a risk. That's another yeah. opportunity, Tom, for you to support the state if you uh, if you can get there, right? Yeah, and, and you know it's ridiculous that we have conflicting federal laws at federal and state level on this issue now. With the and, you know, and in the states where it is legal. One of the issues they have is none of the banks will let them set up a, a bank account. I mean, these are all some of these are multi-million dollar growing operations that have employees, and everything is hard cash. Yep. I mean, the IRS in Colorado had to put in counting bill counting machines and secure rooms to be able to come in to make their tax deposits. Whereas, like you know, I make my tax deposits for me or my customers. We go online and do it. One of these anybody in the marijuana industry comes in and they've got to pay it in cash. That's all their taxes all, get paid in cash at the IRS. That is crazy. That's a it, lot of money. It really has turned into an agricultural issue, though. I mean, it, it's not just, you know, yeah, it's guys growing weed and, you know, that's what the libertarians are. It's just, you know, yeah, but it, hemp it, is it, – It's become so mainstream, and hemp is, yeah. hemp is truly a hemp commercial Hemp is the product. hardworking right. cousin of marijuana. Right, but they're all lumped in together, and you've got various degrees of, yeah, this is yeah, one product exactly. versus – you know, yesterday Canada made you know, marijuana itself just totally recreational. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, we're still trying country. to get commercial hemp to be able to have hemp yeah. seed for your breakfast yeah. or hemp clothes, right? Yeah. Well, if you took the special interest money out of Washington, it'd be legal tomorrow. Yeah. You know, it was such a big deal to get CBD legalized yeah. here in Indiana. Like, yeah. we cover that on, like, four different shows talking to people about that. And it's like, are you freaking kidding me? This is a this is CBD oil that twelve years ago you could go to the health food store and buy it because no one knew what the heck it was, right. and then all of a sudden we found out it came from marijuana and then we started freaking out about it. So Tom, we are the number one tractor podcast in all of Indiana, and guys are out there in their combines. It's Friday or Saturday, and they're running they're running beans right now. I heard that last week. Uh, as, <laughs> as as they're out there as they're out there running beans, listening. Why are you the better choice than Janine Lee Lake or Greg Pence for the ag community in, in, in Indiana? I mean, I've, I've got a lot of experience with the ag community. I mean, I've been a business consultant in the ag community for over 30 years. Um, say dealing not only with the taxes, but also just in the all the financial areas that they deal with and helping farmers through the hoops. And so we know, we know a lot of what they deal with on a regular basis. And it, it's been amazing the last 30 years seeing the evolution of the average farmer and just how much more literate they are on the financial worlds and how they've had to 
Um, yeah, they've kind of mar- had learned to market, learned to. The average farmer yeah. has had to evolve into this position to where they can yeah. learn to maximize their their income. Yeah, uh, exactly. I think we should make it illegal for them to drive at eight in the morning. <laughs> Around eight in the morning, when everyone's trying to get to work, it'd make it safer for everybody. And would it? Yeah. Even the farmer. Yeah. I always take a chance going around the guy. Okay, right. just saying. For, for, from seven to nine and four to six, and then I get yes, across from on the roads. Yeah, that's kind of like perfect. how they in Pendleton they have no left turns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chase, you just make so, enemies, man. That's all so, you do. Last week we we mentioned with Janine Lee like on the tariffs that Congress can still write legislation and um, and try to get it passed. It would have to be very strong legislation, very strong bipartisan legislation to override President Trump's tariffs. Is that something you would be in support of? I mean, if 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 I saw the data that it was that it was harming America, and if I say if if it got to the point where it was going on too long, where it's like, okay, this is a negotiating tactic that isn't going to work, then I think Congress needs to step in. Um, I mean, I think President Trump is probably more likely that he would double down on something than ever back down on something. Yeah, and and you know that I'm sure that's a very positive thing in negotiating that. Other countries know he's not going to back down, but if they're if his bluff isn't going to be called, if things aren't improving, where it really is going to harm our economy, then Congress needs to step in. But that's one of the issues of you know what can Congress really get together on these days? Well, so you know if you are a congressman, you're going to have a platform as a congressman. It's much weaker now than it was. I, I don't even know the era to say. You know, if you look at what the power of Congress is supposed to be, you're supposed to control the purse strings. You're supposed to pass the laws and write the policies. Instead, it gets, something gets passed. You really don't read it at your level, and then some bureaucrat that works in the Justice Department or the Health Department or the Department of Energy actually writes mm-hmm. the rules that that yep. Congress should be writing, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there are bureaucrats that write the interpretations and the rules, and the, um, and that's that's one of the dangers in negotiating trade treaties is like when we pass laws, if things don't shake out the way that they intended, they can write a technical corrections bill. If a trade treaty, there's things in there that it's supreme. Are, it's, it's supreme. You can't just unilaterally say, "Hey, we're going to change this." You're locked in with the other country, and right. And those um, are, those so, get negotiated so by the president. That, then you basically get to go in and say yes. Right. Yeah. And I, I saw yes today that there's and, some other that, trade treaty that's yeah. that's going up for grabs right now uh, with China. That's like 104, 14 years old. I think. I don't know. Uh, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, it I, was I, 115. Was it? <laughs> of course, yeah. Chase knows. Uh, it's it, it to me if I was running for Congress and I'm, I'm busy enough running for the Henry County Council, uh, but I would be screaming from the rooftops about the authority Congress has given to the executive branch and saying we need to take it back. Yeah, from yeah. declaring wars all the way to writing laws and actually in in policy, because you're you're not being treated in my view like you're a co-equal branch of government. Yeah, and and that's something I've posted on multiple times between ignoring the Tenth Amendment and. Congress just being so ineffective that the president issues executive orders and Congress does nothing to rein them back in. Um, and that's, I, I think, the ineffectiveness of Congress, the constant infighting, I think that has led to the executive branch taking more power upon itself. And our Congress and our courts have let that happen. They've let the balance of power. Yeah, so that's the root of our problem, right? So we have... 
Yeah, all these things are going on with with the President Trump passing these tariffs. But if you look at the actual issue, it's because in 1962 we decided to let the president impose tariffs by executive order. You know, like that is that is our real problem in in American government is that the the president has increasingly got too much power. That's why no that's why nobody votes in the midterms. That's why yeah. voters to, don't turn out in 2018 for these races is because they just don't care. Yeah, everybody focuses on that one man or woman at the top and Yep. And I mean article 1 of the constitution talks about Congress being the legislative branch. I mean, you would think there's a reason that they put that first. Yeah, didn't everybody watch uh, like watch the cartoons whenever you, you yeah, were a kid? Exactly. I'm a bill, I'm a bill. <laughs> yeah, I watched the SNL here. version of it where they knock him down the hill a few times. Yeah. He comes back I'm up. I'm an and executive the... order, and I pretty much just happened. <laughs> Tom, uh, Tom, who do you caucus with, Democrats or Republicans? Um, I, I guess I would caucus with the Freedom Caucus if I were elected. So any, that was a... any, any Democrat or Republican that joined the Freedom Caucus, I would caucus with. Yeah, that was one, that was one of the questions that we asked Janine Lee Lake uh, last week was uh, if you're if and when you're elected to Congress, then uh, um, well, actually, no, different question. Sorry. Um, well, you really messed that up. We have to start <laughs> over yeah, again. Okay. Totally uh, have to start over. Uh, stop recording. I'm going to end this live stream. No, but before you're pickle, yeah, before, <laughs> before you're elected to Congress, what is one member of government that you? that you really admire? Um, I always like listening to um, Thomas Massey and I mean, just his, his original story of when he went to Congress and, um, you know, the Speaker of the House, John Boehner, helped him to get elected. And it wasn't long before he got to Congress that it's like, okay, I owe this guy a debt in getting me here. But six weeks later, he's trying to, but he, I'm he's, like, he's yeah. in the coup. He's, yeah, but, <laughs> trying but, to overthrow it, him. It, it's like he was willing to do what's right and say, oh, wait a minute, he's not leading us down the right path. And like, I don't owe that much loyalty. My, my, you know, his, his loyalty to the people was greater than his loyalty to the speaker. Yep. And the people who elect you, and that's who you have to have your loyalty to. So do you have and, a, are you, are you going to run for speaker immediately or are you going to wait a couple of terms? I'll, I'll, I'll probably get a couple of terms in my belt, get some experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Uh, but there will be a new speaker next time because uh, Ryan's not Paul Ryan's going Ryan. away. Yeah. So he's, he's left the building. Yeah. You have, it, you have it, it somebody would be in good mind? to have somebody outside of one of those two parties as the speaker. Yeah, maybe somebody they can unite around. Yeah. Would be nice. Yeah, if I was in, I, w- I would vote for you as the speaker if All I right. could. Henry County, <laughs> Henry County, listen to me. Tom, uh, Tom could be elected to Congress, and he's the only logical choice for speaker. So. Think of all the goodies you're going to get if the Speaker of the House represents you, right? And he yeah, seems seriously. like a nice guy. Just saying. Plus, plus the Vice President's from here. Chase too. isn't even a libertarian. He's saying that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm whoever pays me. So, <laughs> <laughs> how much did Tom pay you? More than we did? Uh, we'll get into that later. Chase, <laughs> Chase has not received much payment from the Boss Hog Liberty Group. No, his none contract, of us. His contract is <laughs> it doesn't cost as money like it cost Dakota and I, but it's pretty much a break even yeah. deal. Yeah, very much break even. All right, so Tom, whenever you go on to Firkenhoff2018.com, um, on the top right-hand side of the page on the issues page is a little tab called Healthcare. Um, and it has got the most written about it than any other tab on there because it's a pretty complex issue. So 
Do you think you can break it down in about 15 minutes for me? (laughs) (laughs) Break down the simple issue of health care, huh? Yeah. I mean, I I can tell you that nothing that Congress has done has brought down the cost of health care. And, you know, whether it's education, whether it's health care, if you want to say free education, free health care, if you want to raise the cost of something, throw a bunch of money into the pool. If you want to raise the cost and make it inefficient and effective, throw a bunch of government money at the issue. And you know, that's what we've done with health care. I mean, the Affordable Care Act is 2,700 pages with more onerous things hidden in there than most people realize. Well, we uh, had I mean, to pass it to figure out we, what was in it. Yeah, we, we had to pass it, and some <laughs> of them are still figuring out what, the, what was in it. Charles, well, At the time it was be. passed, Charles Krauthammer said, once this actually takes effect – you will never be able to roll it back because of all the goodies that were thrown in. R.I.P. No, yes, R.I.P. Charles. Yeah. I can't believe you knew who Charles Krauthammer was, number oh. one, and number two, that you he's You can dead. ask Dakota. I used to watch Fox News religiously <laughs> in high school. You I really am, did. My head is sewn to the carpet, shocked that... I am a completely different person now. <laughs> okay. so but uh, He's rest, about rest to get in. married. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Charles Krauthammer said, if they, if they do this, it will never be undone because... People love the kids on the insurance till they're 27, and they love the pre-existing condition thing that's in there. And those are poison pills financially, right? Well, yeah, especially the pre-existing condition. With the pre-existing condition, we no longer have health insurance. I mean, insurance is the transfer of a risk to a company, and they've, you know, they've taken insurance and tried to make it a funding mechanism, but yet they've left health insurance companies mm-hmm. whose CEOs get paid tens of millions of dollars a year in charge of it. So, I mean, it's, it's like it's like the worst of both worlds. I mean, you need to go one way or the other way, not throw the government money into it. Because, you know, in addition to paying people's premiums, there's supposed to be subsidy payments to the insurance companies to boost up the claims. They are supposed to be paying the marketing cost of these insurance companies every year to promote Obamacare policies or affordable care policies. And I'll say it, it's – it's no longer insurance, but yet we have these private for-profit insurance companies making money off the system. Yeah. And it's not – you can't just start – the system that's been created is not capitalism, right? It's not a free market. No. Tom Furkanoff yes. can't go out and start an insurance company. The barriers to entry that they've created are so unbelievable that you can't, you can't just be the mom-and-pop small insurance company that you just started. Yeah. It's not going to happen. You've got I don't know, Aetna and two or Blue Cross Blue Shield, two or three others out there, yeah. and then that's it. And they they're big, and they've got their they've got their lobbyists and their people that make sure that they're taken care of. But it, you yeah. definitely don't have a pure capitalistic society, and I don't know how you're going to get back to it with the system yeah. you have. And 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 that's I say. And what Charles Krauthammer said was one of my initial concerns. That once this thing, if this thing passes. It's going to be very difficult to roll it back, and, and you know it's the same thing with the tax code. You know, there's so many benefits in there to people that how do you all of a sudden roll back something that people have been relying on? Right. And, and quite frankly, my experience has been for every client I've got that was helped by the Affordable Care Act, I've got three that were hurt by it. But how do you say to that one that was helped by it, "Hey, we're going to all of a sudden take this benefit away from you that you've been relying on now"? And so you said you say on the website, um, you say. So what we have now is a is the worst of both worlds. If the, the United States wants to do socialized medicine, just do it, or just go to totally free market. So are you are you totally leaving it to the free market, or 
I, my preference would be leave it to the free market. I, mean, I, I was actually in health insurance brokerage. I worked for, as an intern in college and worked for a firm for a few years after college on that. So it's like I know how health insurance is supposed to work and, and how many times government involvement and government trying to control the industry actually made things worse, like they do with both things that they try. So, I mean, I, if, like I say, it'd be totally tough to roll it back. But if you're going to have government subsidized insurance, do what they do with the Affordable Care Act and just let anybody enroll in Medicaid but pay the premium for it and then let the insurance companies go operate in the free market. And then you just take your, see, your Medicaid you, voucher and go to an insurance yeah. company. With well, well, even or not even with a Medicaid voucher. You know, it's like you, you've got a choice. You can say, hey, I'm going to stay in the free market and I'm going to buy a policy from Anthem or United Healthcare, or I'm going to buy into Medicaid that go with one system or other, but don't try to merge the government and private industry. So this is – is there a percentage – and you may not know the answer to this, but a percentage of people that have to – that are using this system versus employer-sponsored? Because I think Dakota, myself, and I'm guessing Chase as well, we're on employer-sponsored because we're mm-hmm. still you know, of a working age. We're not on government insurance on the back end, but we have full-time jobs. So typically if you're working for a corporation, uh, your, your insurance comes that yeah. way. You're but if you're insurance. a small right. business guy – uh, or a farmer or somebody mm-hmm. or uh, you know or you're working for a very small business you're not a business owner but you're working for a small business those are the people that are falling into this bucket with the the Obamacare if if you're a small business owner or a farmer whose wife doesn't work somewhere where she can get the family or you know female small business owner whose husband doesn't work somewhere where they can get insurance for the family mm-hmm. You've been crushed by the Affordable Care Act. Yeah. I mean, their premiums have sky. That you know, their, their deductibles have doubled, tripled, and their premiums have skyrocketed. And it was obvious from day one that was going to happen. I mean, the, the, if you like you your coverage, you can keep it. Was the biggest bold faced lie ever told to the American public? Uh, I did not have sexual relations with <laughs> <Yeah>. that one. <laughs> no, but 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 that one didn't matter. Was that, was that <laughs> Abraham Lincoln? nearly as much? Was that Abraham Lincoln? Yeah, he said he posted that to his Twitter. Oh yeah, I thought I saw that man. All right, I've I've gotten through all my issues and my gotcha questions for Tom. Unfortunately, I was really hoping to catch you on something, but so far we just agree on everything. Tom, are, are there any wars we need to be declaring or should have declared? Like we haven't talked about foreign <laughs> policy, but you're supposed to be in charge of that if you're in Congress. Or supposed uh, to be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to hire some very good foreign policy advisors as part of my staff. On some of that, but no, that. I mean, the authority we, is yours, though. We, 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 you're we supposed to, to declare it. We need to stop being the world's police force. I mean, I mean, flat out, that was. I I heard a liberal news station yesterday um, saying that the FBI should be investigating this Saudi killed over in Turkey, and yeah. thinking like, what do you think the FBI's role is, and why do you think everything that happens on foreign soil is something the United States has to get involved in? And, and, and you know, and we also need to quit interfering in other countries' elections before we complain about countries interfering in our elections. So, I mean, we, we're still operating. Not in, you know, the fall of two thousand and one is when we declared this that we gave the authority right for the wars that have taken place in Afghanistan and that and temporary the Patriot East. Act got yeah. put in place and the Patriot Act written by temporary. Justice Kavanaugh <laughs> came, came along. Uh, but I mean. It, are you supportive of this? Is this is this the kind of policy that you'd be advancing, or are you saying no? I'm you know I'm I'm a no vote, and I'm I'm pushing against these sorts of things. The the, the, the never ending wars. The yeah, yeah. I mean the the, the, the never ending. Act. Yeah, 
the, the never-ending war needs to become the war that comes to an end. The uh, you know drone strikes in foreign country for what they do to their own citizens. You know, I I don't see where we have authority to be meddling in those countries. And all right, yeah, very good. Well, we are just about at that time, I suppose, Chase. All right, I got a couple questions. I got a question for you, Tom. Pretty hard hitting, so get ready. <laughs> You're a numbers guy, right? I try to be. Yeah. What's your favorite number? <laughs> My favorite number is twenty four. Twenty four. Why twenty four? Twenty four because that's the number that Tony Perez wore for the big red machine. Nice. You're a you're a Cincinnati guy. You got a lot of ties to Cincinnati. Big Reds fan. Go down and watch games. I actually had I had a full season season ticket package for twenty years up until last year that I did not renew this year. We we had we had front row seats to every Reds game ever played at Great American Ballpark until this year. Really? Now I shared those with other people, so I didn't go to every game <laughs> ever played. But you had to I give them have, up. But, but but I did have the tickets in my hand. I just, was it Obamacare's fault? I, 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 <laughs> the, the games were not entertaining anymore. And actually, I heard Joey Votto on the radio one day justifying his salary, saying, "Hey, we're entertainers." And you looked at whether entertainers get paid, and I thought, you know what? I'm not entertained by this product anymore. Why am I sending them a check every year? And you're a candidate. You're supposed to say you gave it up for the campaign. Well, I, to I, focus. I, I was glad I didn't have to have that on my schedule as well because my schedule was very booked this year with campaigning. Yeah. Jeremiah, I imagine you're running for something, right? Uh, yes, I'm running for the Henry County Council, Chase. Okay, I got a couple questions for you. Oh boy. Okay, if you could get rid of one state, which state would it be? If you had to. If I, oh, it's not if I, I – I have to get rid of one. Yeah. I got it. I got one. Which one? What, what would you do? To go oh, with? no, we're letting Jeremiah answer. All right, all right. I'm, uh, I'm going to say that we are going to eliminate – man. That Ohio. Is, that is, no, 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 no. Ohio's my people, man. I, nope. I, I, I voted Ohio, Ohio too, Chase. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to give up uh, – I'm going to give up Mississippi. Really? Why Mississippi? They're last in everything, man. It's true. They're last in everything. I was now, we would have lost. We would have lost the Mannings, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, well, uh, not, we would have well. lost Cooper. Oh well. Or, uh, Peyton, we had Peyton's from Louisiana, I guess, and he went to Tennessee, but uh, it kind of <laughs> kind of screws over Eli. That's okay. Ole Miss. He but, sucks uh, now. I assume, I assume there'll be like an independent. All mission. right. One more question. All right. If you had to choose between fighting a gorilla or a grizzly bear. Which one would you choose? Man, I'm not winning either fight, okay? I'm not winning either fight. How do you I, know? Yeah. You have a knife. Oh, man. I think I'm going gorilla. Oh, what? no. That's the <laughs> worst thing you could do. You would literally get torn in half, man. Have you ever seen a gorilla fight a man? Oh, it is bad. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to win either, but have you There's seen a bear? There's a reason that Russians fight bears? bears. Yeah, you might be able to, to I, beat a bear. I mean, I could, I could go after a brown bear. I don't even know if you could stab no, the brown, a gorilla with hey, a the, knife. The brown bears are the big ones. You want to go after a black bear. Yeah. They're yeah. basically 800-pound yeah. yeah. raccoons. Or dogs. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to gorilla. You could probably pet one. I'm going to wrestle around. Okay. My last thing is the bears are playing the lions here in a few weeks coming up, and I'm ready to see. Are you going to go? I'm re- No. I'm, I'm going to the Vikings game. But I'm ready to see my bears beat Chrissy Avery's lions. I don't know, guys. We might have to come up with. A bet. You play them twice a year. Twice a year. I think it's like five weeks from now. We're going to beat their ass. So, you know, if she has any suggestions, you know, lay it on me. I'm going to win. So, you know. Your Chrissy Avery said, oh, no. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I, I really don't care about the NFC North, man. I don't know. She's best gonna. She's best gonna. Division. You guys are first place. She is betting you one month of Patreon donation. <gasps> Ooh, uh, we, we don't want to lose our Patreon. I'm a, Be careful. I'm a baller on a budget. <laughs> well, Chase will just pay her back. I'm a baller on a month. budget. All right. How much does she donate? Okay. Uh, Christie's fifty bucks a month. Yeah. He's big time. I'll, I'll throw in ten on that. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, uh, are you eliminating any states? You got any states on the chopping block, or are you a let's bring more states in guy? Ohio. I, th- I don't think we need any more states. In here, but, Not Puerto Rico? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what about... Yeah, we, uh, we, we could drop a territory or two. <laughs> <laughs> what about taxation without representation for the capital city? Yeah, that needs to happen. People, Nothing. Yeah. No comment. Okay. No comment. Okay. Chase, you got anything else? Uh, the only thing I have is wind farms are still cool. So yeah, did you wear your it. shirt? I didn't. I was... It's kind of cold out. He was so late today. Breaking too. breaking news. It sounds late. like uh, more and more wind farms are going down. You're 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 on the losing side of this one, man. The uh, I'm on the right side of history, Jared. Because uh, guess uh, what? There's no tax abatements, and there's 15 this, uh, years from now, there's going to be wind farms everywhere. Listen to this. I am going there's to no love tax it. abatements, and there's a four mile buffer zone around like eight small towns in Henry County. Yeah. Jared, yeah. I have a a couple graveyards I want to put a wind farm by here in like 20 years. According to a uh, Patreon supporter, David Herring. Um, seems like over ninety percent of all leased area for wind farms has been terminated by these uh, these four mile blocks. Well, you know, Dakota people bet up against Michael Jordan one once, which too. means that Jeremiah they was launched. right in his council race, saying that wind is a dead issue right now. So, if wind's dead, what's next? The Doughboy. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Let's talk about Doughboy dedication is coming up next month. Ooh. Let's talk about taxes. Um, House Bill 1263, you can talk about that. You can. I found out this really cool thing. You can post on your Facebook page that uh, you you want House Bill 1263 to take effect, and then two weeks later you can say that you don't want to raise taxes. Yeah, it's a pretty neat thing. You can contradict yourself as a candidate, <laughs> and <laughs> turns out only libertarians will call you out on it, and then Ooh. you just get blocked. You can just block people. We could talk about the movie theater. Aren't we supposed to is get a new, a new one? Is a new movie theater coming into Henry County? Yeah. We already yeah. talked about that on the show. Too. Castle, been, Castle 2.0. Where you been, man? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope not. <laughs> All right, Tom. I want to ask you a question. Your final thoughts are coming up here now. I want All to know right. what your favorite festival is that you went to. You went to all these different parades and festivals and things. What's your standout number one moment? What's the best thing you went to as a candidate um, so far? I think the the ethnic expo down in Columbus this past weekend with you wearing lederhosen, wearing lederhosen, and my wife and her dirndl, and uh, <laughs> I mean we 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 enjoyed even though it turned a little bit cold that day after having really nice fall weather, um, we, we enjoyed the parade, we enjoyed the people, it was a great atmosphere, good entertainment, um, food vendors from that represented every different country on the earth. It seemed like up and down the way that there were, I mean I. I Disappointed we only have one meal to eat there, actually. <laughs> so you have a, you have lederhosen? I have, you have a very nice pair of lederhosen. Was it, was it rental you, or do you owned it? I, I own a pair of lederhosen. <laughs> do you do you ever attend the uh, Freudenfest in Oldenburg? The Oldenburg is my hometown. So I was, I was, was at, really? I was at the very first Freudenfest. That's where my Stein came from. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah, I, mean, I, I was actually born and raised in Batesville, Indiana, but my family's lived in Oldenburg for six generations now. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So I said... When you when you when the picture was posted, somebody maybe Clyde Myers, state representative race, or somebody somebody posted a picture. It was you yeah. and Clyde, right? And you were wearing the later hosen. 
And I said, I don't want a congressman in a suit because they cost too much. I'm, I'm happy with <laughs> one that looks like, like this. Uh, Lederhosen is not cheap, though. I've looked, I've looked at it because of our trips to Oldenburg for Freudenfest. Not the cheapest stuff to buy. It's something you have to commit yeah. to. Yeah, I might have to yeah. commission Audrey's grandmother to make me a pair. There you go. Ooh. I mean, she she custom works, fitted. She works for you now. Yeah. She, she <laughs> we work for her. <laughs> you you crushed all her bathrooms too. Yeah, yeah, destroying her house. All right. So, Tom, final thoughts on your side? Anything we missed about the campaign? Things you want to promote? You're going to Channel Six uh, WRTV in Indianapolis tomorrow morning. I'll be there tomorrow morning for another interview with them. I'm not sure when that will air, but they wanted to follow up interview. So we'll see what additional questions. They've come up with, um, you know, same way we've just been um, trying to get out to every corner of the district, any place we can go to speak, um, been getting out, knocking on doors. Um, night before last, the, in a small town that knocked on a door and the guy said, well, you said you're too late because I just sent my absentee ballot in this morning. He said, but my wife and I did both vote for you. So I said, <laughs> well, I was pretty excited. I wasn't getting shut out. Nice. Um, I think I've had four people now tell me they've already cast vote for me because they're voting early. And I thought, well, that, if I don't get any more votes, I'll spend less per vote than Jonathan Lamb did in the primary. Rex Bell I'm excited uh, about that. Rex Bell always says, "Keep voting until they make yeah. you quit." Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, we, we, we have vote, early voting at all the counties in the district now, so you know, vote early, vote often, and vote Libertarian. <laughs> cool. So, and then you said you went, to, you attended the thing in, on Monday evening in Knightstown. Yes, and uh, I, to be honest, that was that was there were some good newspaper coverage that came out of it, uh, but it was mostly candidates and candidates' families and, and the organizers there. I think there was one voter there, and he was very popular. Uh, <laughs> but but on the way out, you, you sent me a message and said, "Hey, I stopped in the Casey's in Spiceland, and and you you were pretty well received in there." Yeah, yeah I mean, that, you may carry and, Spiceland Township. Yeah, I'm, I, I might, and it's like you know, as I go different places, I try to just if I get an opportunity to. You know, ask somebody if they're voting and give them a card. And I did that with the clerk. And I told him my libertarian candidate, he was excited, said we need more libertarians. And the lady who had just walked up behind me in line asked what a libertarian was. And I started telling her a little bit. And now she it, asked for a card. And about six other people came over from in the aisles listening to our conversation and wanted cards. So it was a it was a productive trip to Casey's. Anytime you're in Spiceland, <laughs> all you have to do is say, listen, we're the people that want to let you have your chickens. That's all you – and then they will know – and then uh, if you get more than, like, eight people together, Darren Jacobs will come in, and he'll say, you got to have a permit for an assembly yeah, like this. You, you say, don't have that much freedom. <laughs> say, we're libertarians, and we want to overthrow the communist op- oppressor that is Darren Jacobs. <laughs> have you uh, tried yeah. Casey's breakfast pizza? I love it. I had it some this so morning, good. actually. <laughs> it's so good. I, I haven't done the pizza in a long time. But that is – I, I miss the Jack's Donuts an awful lot, but the, the, the Casey's breakfast pizza with bacon and, and uh, eggs on it, that's some good stuff. It really is. It's better than Noble Romans. Just say it. Yeah. So, Tom, how do people follow you? What, what do they need to do? And do you need? Do you, are you um, walking? You need volunteers. You you need money, or are you could on all that stuff now. I mean, we'll, we'll always take money. You can go to Furkenhoff 2018com to donate. Um, there's a donate button there, or it'll tell you where to mail your check to. Uh, the Furkenhoff for Congress Facebook page is a good place to follow us and see the things that we put out there and believe in. And um, say any volunteers, reach out to me, Tom at Furkenhoff 2018com I heard if you donate to Tom, he does your taxes for free next year. That's what I heard. I used to have four arms. I drank some of his water. Now I only have two. Nice. So, miracle. <laughs> Dakota, you got final thoughts? Yeah, I have some final thoughts. Of course I do. Um, so we got uh, we got uh, some big things coming your way. Next week we have Jeremiah Morrill. 
<laughs> coming on as a guest. Well, that's going to be that's going to yeah. be weird. It's going to be the uh, candidates for District 1. We have Jeremiah Morrill, Pat Cronk and Kenan Gray all coming on to give their speech and uh, tell Every, us about themselves to the voters. Everybody's confirmed? Well, you know. Yeah. Every, everybody's going to come. It's, and an someone, exclu- it's a very inclusive show, so the door is open. Greg Pence, if you're watching, or uh, you can come Molly, Molly Gillespie, I know you and I have talked like three times now, and you've turned me down politely. Uh, I get turned down by Molly Gillespie more times than I've been turned down for dates in my life now. Uh, but we're w- welcoming people on this show, right? Yeah, you know, we're, we're very inclusive. Ken and Gray, I'm going to go ahead and say that he is going to come on. Um, you know, this is a good platform to get your message out. Uh, Kenan, if you want to come on, discuss the issues with your opponents. Um, you know, we're going to be asking very fair questions, the same questions that you heard during the Dakota Clark and Jesse Riddle episode, um, and getting each candidate's vision for the county. I will be hosting that episode all by my lonesome. Uh, Where do I get to sit? Yeah, you're going to be you're going to be sitting over here. I want to have Kenan sit next to me. All right. So Kenan's going to sit in my chair. Pat Cronk's going to sit over here, and you're going to sit in Chase's chair. Sounds fair. Yep. Sounds fair. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's my plan anyway. So you don't have a co-host? No. Just you? Just going to be me, man. You going to be okay? Yeah, I'm going to be asking all kinds of questions. I believe in you. I'll be right here if you need me. That's right. Who knows? My vote might get swayed. I have been. I had thought you I was don't pretty... even live in the district. If you, <laughs> you don't live in the district. You don't live in the county. You shouldn't have an opinion. I live in the county. Okay. Well, I mean, you live outside the political boundaries of this race, so you should. No, it's you okay. Should, if... You're supposed to keep your mouth shut about these things. Listen, Republicans have people come and speak for them that aren't from the county. Libertarians can have people that come speak for them that are out of the county, and so can Democrats. Just because you so live you're, outside you're the inclusive? county. Yes. You're inclusive on this show. Just because you live outside the county doesn't mean that your opinion does not matter. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Anything else? This is um, a safe of course, space. I want to thank our sponsor tonight, uh, the Slick Pickle. Mm. Um, I kept uh, I kept accidentally. <laughs> no, we don't have a script written, so Dakota is going to wildly come up with a, a script for the Slick Pickle like I did. Yeah. And so, I can't wait to hear it. Okay. Well. <laughs> Every time that I kept uh, looking up, uh, looking up the slick pickle because I was trying to make Tom's uh, the the candidate series logo for you tonight, um, I accidentally typed in the slippery pickle. Ooh! Uh, don't go to the slippery pickle on Google. Not appropriate. <laughs> Tom, if you are in Congress, then you might see my name come up for some type of weird watch list. I don't know. So, uh, the slick pickle is our sponsor tonight. Take a ride in style. They are taking reservations. It is Newcastle's biggest hit since uh, since Big Bounce. Yeah, pickles, <laughs> booze, buses. You can't get any better than that. <laughs> pickles, booze, and buses. They are, they take reservations for weddings, birthdays, proms, bachelor and bachelorette parties. We want to be on par with Nashville, Indiana. Nashville, Nashville, Indiana, Nashville, Tennessee is now the prime destination for bachelor parties over Las Vegas. We are going to take that spot. Yes. Newcastle, Indiana is. Believe you me. We have twin We've lions. We've got a pool. We have twin lions. We have the pool. We have Baker Park, Memorial Park. Uh, you got Primo. Tommy, Tommy at the Town Tavern with Tommy. karaoke night. That's right. So, And we also have the Slick Pickle. So if you have a special request, then you can just message them anytime. They'll set you up with something. Let them know that Boss Hog Liberty sent you so that they know that their advertisement went to something great i think we should make a jingle should we make it you want to work on that and come back come back with us next time next time me and dakota. pickle pickle <laughs> come to the slick pickle
pickle. <laughs> Take a ride on the pickle. You going to work the phone number in? Uh, I don't have the phone number in front of me. <laughs> man, oh, man. The Slick oh, Pickle boy. is at 765 uh, 765-325-5867. Give them a call. Let them know the Boss Hog Liberty sent you. All right. So is that all you got, Dakota? That's, Fi- that's, that's the final, final thought? Yeah, we're good. I'm excited so, for Ken and Gray, Pat Cronk, and Jeremiah Morrill next week. All right. So we've got that going on. This weekend, I'm walking, going door-to-door, trying to win this race. Uh, yeah, Cade Coger says we have LNK Produce, too. Don't forget him. Uh, uh, if as soon as LNK Produce sponsors our studio, then maybe, maybe can, they'll get a jingle. We can mention them. All right, yeah, we can't mention uh, LNK Produce until they until they sponsor. We nope. cannot say anything about LNK. We Produce. can't say that their donuts are better. No. All right. Anyway, the uh, so I need walkers. So there's Facebook events on my page, Jeremiah Moral Dash Candidate or whatever. Uh, jump on there. Still got a handful of yard signs left. If you want a yard sign? Hit us up. We'll get them out. Uh, but Tuesday night and Thursday night, we will be doing live streams from the Voss Hogger Liberty, covering the local county uh, county events. There's an event in Middletown in the evening at, uh, I don't know, I think it's a church or library or something. I don't know. There's a Facebook event. We'll be up there, though. We're going to send Chris Guffey up. He's going to be running the camera. It's not going to be me this time. Uh, Dakota is uh, is an indentured servant in his own home. He's, uh, he's he's right now just about homeless. He's trying to find a place to be able to shower by the time his, uh, his home somewhere north of Q is sold. He smells really bad. He's doing the best he can, man. Uh, there's a lot of cologne, but we're all getting through it. I just shower at the YMCA. <laughs> He's got his gym membership, and that's all. I'm that's young, all he needs. Young man, that's a Christian, and they let me in and shower. Do you have any soap? Anyway, the uh, so so we're going to do that Tuesday and Thursday night, and then the show is on Wednesday. It's not on Thursday. It's a Wednesday show next week. It's going to be a little bit different. So we look forward to that. Lots of contact coming from you. Uh, no no opportunity to miss us. You see, uh, you'll see me walking Saturday Sunday. Uh, we'll have the, the show Wednesday night and then Thursday we got a big public forum. So come out and see us, ask questions. And if you are a listener and you, uh, you're looking at these County council races or the congressional race, reach out to these campaigns and ask questions, challenge people say, Hey, Chris I want to know, that. I want to know where you stand on X, Y, or Z and hold them to it. It's your job. We're, we're here. We're being interviewed by you. This show's supposed to help you with that, but so is, uh, so that's your role as a voter. So, uh, Unless you're really, really sure you're voting for who you're voting for, don't go out and get an absentee ballot and, and get it early. A bunch of you guys just got uh, ballots in the mail from the uh, from the state Republican Party saying, hey, vote right now. You don't have to vote right now. That's not what that means. That's them trying to get you to vote, vote for their guy, and then be done with it. Uh, vote on Election Day. That's the fun of it. Don't don't vote early unless you have to. Yeah. Unless you're going to be gone, don't vote early. The Republican I'm- Party didn't send me one of those. They don't care about my vote. Yeah. I might vote Jeremiah. Probably, I might probably not. lost in the mail. It depends if he pisses me off or not. Yeah. Wait <laughs> Wait till the last minute. It's the last thing you want to have. Yeah, something, for something we don't know. Five bucks, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I guess we'll see you next week on episode... I was born in 1983. You know that, right? Oh, really? And I'll be on episode 83. Too bad it's 83, not 1983. Okay. Well, you Long run that. Long time ago. You run that. Next Long week. Long time. Next week, I'm one of the guests. It's the weirdest thing. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to the Boss Hog of Liberty, which is part of the We Are Libertarians network. I am Chris Spangle, and I am the founder of this network. And I invite you to listen to all of our shows, which you can find at wearelibertarians.com or by searching for these in your podcatcher. The flagship show is the We Are Libertarians podcast, where we apply libertarian principles to current events. The Brian Nichols Show is a conversation amongst Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, as they talk about what is happening in the news. 
News, and we have many other podcasts like The Chris Spangle Show, Upward, The Cost, Raw Audio Politics, Miranda's World, and Tad Talk, which is quite a ride. So check all of these out. Go to WeAreLibertarians.com, and you can check out all of our great podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at WeAreLibertarians.com.